Those with a drive to go have an undeniable calling. They are not content to simply have a transformative idea. They want to create and build. They want to wrestle challenges to the ground and bring solutions to scale. They are makers and doers. They are go-getters. Go-Getters features straight-up conversations with leaders on the forefront of change who are taking action to impact our world, just as Lehigh people have done for more than 150 years. Join us as we explore their challenges, their passions, and what makes them go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Go-Getters podcast. Today, our guest is Patricia Chavez, who is a Senior Sustainable Development Officer at the UN Division for Sustainable Development, where she is responsible for creating global partnerships. She was Minister Counselor of the Mission of Costa Rica at the United Nations from 1994 to 1998, and again from 2000 to 2003. She has a master's degree in government with a focus on economic policy from Lehigh and advanced degrees in international trade and political science. She has been an instrumental partner for Lehigh, helping to make connections for students and faculty, and especially through Lehigh's United Nations Partnership. We're pleased to feature her today as part of Lehigh's Soaring Together celebration of 50 years of co-education, which highlights the global impact of Lehigh women. She's also being featured as an international woman of impact by the Office of International Affairs here at Lehigh. Patricia, thank you for joining me today. Joe, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for the invitation and thank you to all the Lehigh officers that are involved in the production of this podcast. I really look forward to our conversation. Me Thank too. You. Me too. I want to start with uh, with Costa Rica, if if we can. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to Lehigh in a minute, but I would like to uh, I would like to learn, and I would like our audience to learn a little bit about how you found your way to to Lehigh um, from Costa Rica. Oh, well, uh, to tell you the truth, I I arrive at Lehigh by chance. To be honest. I have learned that sometimes these unexpected opportunities have the most lasting impacts in our lives. So at that time, my fiancé, I had a fiancé, uh, was pursuing a master's degree in electrical engineering at Lehigh. And after we got married in early 90s, oh my God, that seems such a, so many decades ago, right? I moved to Lehigh in the spring. And so after a couple of months enjoying the campus and falling in love, let's say, to the university, going up and down, I decided to pursue a master's degree. But the problem was that my background was in international relations. I had a bachelor's in international relations. And so the only uh, graduate degree that I could access was a master's degree in government, which, by the way, it's a degree that is no longer uh, offered by Lehigh. <laughs> now I think it's a master's degree in political science. Yes. Well, but I was so late in the admissions process. This was March. Uh, and so I never thought that I would be considered seriously. So I decided to talk to the chair of the Department of Government, this wonderful man that uh, regrettably passed away some years ago, named Frank Collin. So some of the alumni may, and faculty may remember him. So I introduced myself in my broken English and a little bit of Spanish in there. And I beg and beg and beg this poor man uh, to give me admissions to the master's degree. So he really didn't agree at the beginning. And he suggested to, for me to take some courses in international development okay. at the College of Business. 
during the summer. So, but it didn't go well. I mean, I, I think it was the language. It was an international student adapting to a totally different educational system. And so I almost failed the two courses that I took uh, in the summer, but I didn't give up. And so after several more meetings with Dr. Colin and after testing his patients to the limit, he recommended my admissions to the Department of Government to pursue the master's degree. And then the rest is, is history. So I, I got a degree from Lehigh, which I'm very proud of. And I also assisted in several projects at the Martindale Center mm -hmm. for the study of a private enterprise at the College of Business. And, and that's it. That was my, 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 you know what? These unexpected things that happen in your life. And I landed in at Lehigh. And I will say what resonated with me through your story is one that I've heard from so many other Lehigh alumni. And I think it's one of the special characteristics of Lehigh because of its size. There was an individual faculty member that got to know you and made a difference in your experience. Uh, speaking of Costa Rica, you know, it is a premier nation when it comes to sustainability. Uh, it, it won the United Nations flagship environmental award, uh, UN Champions of the Earth, in 2019 in the policy leadership category and recognition for leading the way to a zero carbon future. So my, my question for you is the work that you're doing now is in sustainability. And I'm curious, did, did your attraction to sustainability begin with a love of the environment or a passion for government? How, how, do you, how did you get where you are and how do you um, uh, view or, or see sustainability? I have. I would have never imagined that different circumstances in my life will influence a career in sustainability or sustainable development like the United Nations really defines sustainability, and let alone a career in the United Nations. So I, when I have lecture at Lehigh or talk with the students at Lehigh, I often say that I have advanced my career by luck, by chance, and by choice. And as you said, by luck, because I have to admit that I have been very lucky to have been born, born in one of the most amazing countries in the world. Um, I'm sorry, I have to say because I'm, I, I really love my country. When I was growing up, the country made a commitment to reverse decades of severe deforestation and unsustainable economic policy. So I grew up surrounded by nature, uh, by its wisdom and uh, by its beauty, but also by its fury. Uh, it rains a lot in my country. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that is the fury of nature. Now, this gave me a sense of responsibility and a sense of understanding the importance of that relationship between humans and nature and that we need to coexist in respectful ways. So that was the part of luck. But the part of chance is fast forward many years, and I found myself with a master's degree from Lehigh and looking for a job. And so I was given the opportunity by the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Costa Rica at that time to work at the Mission of Costa Rica to the UN. So it was my first taste really, of the process of policymaking at the global level and how sustainability can be advanced by a joint effort. 
So I had a leader that inspired me to continue a career in sustainability. And I had an opportunity to represent a country that was very active uh, in its sustainability foreign policy. So that was the So fast forward again, many, many, many years and a job at the United Nations opened up. And so I made my choice. And then I, so I wanted to devote the rest of my life or the rest of my career to advance sustainability at the global level. And here I am. And, and that current role, the current role you're in at the United Nations is directly connected to the work that you began as minister counselor for Costa Rica at the United Nations, you can, the, the, the web is tangled there, correct? Yes. Yes, of course, because you, I began as a representative of of a country and as advancing a foreign policy as a national foreign policy. And then I moved to the secretariat of the United Nations. And so I'm now supporting other countries, yeah, not only us, Costa Rica. Yeah, walk us through, if you would, your your roles and, and responsibilities. What 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 do you do at the, at the United Nations? What is a typical day like for someone who works for the United Nations? <laughs> well, um, okay, so so what we do it's it's not as specialized as other offices at the UN, which deals with the specific issues. Uh, on mandates. So our job depends on mandates that governments agree to it, in other words. So in 2015, the United Nations agreed on a new agenda, the 2030 agenda, and the 17 SDGs. And so that became our mandate to adapt uh, our work programs to um, implement or to help implement countries and other stakeholders, because we have also members of civil society that we are supporting as well. So our office, well, at that time, also those countries agreed on an accountability platform Mm -hmm. that is the high-level sustainable at the high level forum on sustainable development. So that's the accountability platform. So that's where our countries come and say, well, I have done A, B, and C in implementing the 2030 agenda. So we have 15 years to implement them. Now we have kind of nine (laughs) to implement the, the 2030 agenda. So my job every day is coming and, and try to support those countries that voluntarily want to present their progress, their gaps, their challenges in implementing that. And you mentioned a moment ago SDGs, and I think that means Sustainable Development Goals. Yeah. Okay. So going back to 2015, we came, the United Nations came to a point that some goals, what we call the Millennium Development Goals, were expiring in 2015. And those Millennium Development Goals were adopted in the year 2000 at the UN Millennium Summit. And so after three years of very intense negotiations uh, in, I think, in one of the most inclusive processes that I have seen in the UN, the whole membership of the United Nations, the 193 uh, countries around the world, agreed on this new development agenda that was also had a, a, an expiration date 15 years after, which is in 2030. Within that 2030 agenda for sustainable development, there were 17 
goals that we call sustainable development goals. I, I want to yeah, make yeah. a point for our audience. I want to encourage them to learn more about the SDGs. In our link on the inside the episode, we're going to put a link to the to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to make sure that our audience knows to go to the webpage. And, and I encourage and I implore our audience to, to really understand more about these SDGs. They are, it is important to... Uh, to, to our world. So I, I'm sorry for, for interrupting you, but uh, but I wanted to make the audience aware of that. So please continue. Yes, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I can, in other words, for your audience as well, I mean, these SDGs are 17, 17 NDGs, and they deal with poverty, will deal with inequality, food security, health, energy, education, gender equality, water, sanitation, oceans, cities, climate change. Yes transport, biodiversity, ways to produce and consume goods more sustainably, and peaceful and inclusive societies as well as partnerships. So uh, there are a lot of interesting issues there that those countries in 2015 understood that these these were the most important issues. I'm going to ask you uh, about that right now. You, you may know, uh, because you've been back to Lehigh, um, while this didn't exist when you were a student here, Lehigh does have an Office of Sustainability. And Lehigh has a 2030 sustainability plan for, for the university. Um, what role can Lehigh as a university and the students play in furthering global sustainability? I, I think there is an, an invaluable role that academic institutions like Lehigh can can do to advance to advance sustainability to advance and to connect that those efforts in sustainability to the SDGs because this is very important to do. This is the roadmap that countries uh, agreed to make this world a better place. So. If we don't bring those SDGs to the individual level as an academic institution, as a students, as faculty, as a staff of Lehigh, it's not going to make any difference for the future. There, I, I know that Lehigh have done immense efforts to connect that. And I appreciate the invitation that I was given, the Lehigh Sustainability Alumni Advisory Council. So I'm very proud that, that at least that was established. And, and there are ideas coming also from alumni to Lehigh. So why it is important for students? Why? Because everything that, uh, because sustainability is based on a very simple concept, Joe, is that everything we need for our survival and well-being depends either directly or indirectly on our natural environment and depends on that coexistence in a harmonious way uh, between nature and humans to support present and future generations. So with that in mind, there are def different definitions of sustainability, but all of them have that particular principle, is our coexistence between people and planet. Now, if you're an academic institution, either you work for academic institution or you decided to enroll in an academic institution like Lehigh, are you requiring a sustainable development course in the curriculum of every of your disciplines? Mm -hmm. 
or offering formal instruction in sustainability. I know that Lehigh is doing a lot of, of, of groups and, and, and councils and advisory. But if I may, Joe, to be very blunt in this conversation, I have always, um, I have always insisted, and I have to insist right now, that the university should seriously consider establishing a master's degree in sustainable development practice, Joe. Um, this has been a long discussion at Lehigh, and I have been part of that discussion at some point. But again, I need to keep insisting on this. And why? Because um, this generation, Joe, uh, of young people is the largest generation in human's history. It's a very well-informed, connected, and demanding group. And they expect more. They expect more sustainability practice from the career that they choose, academic institutions that they are interested in, from the companies that they buy from, from the services that they solicit, and even from the, per from the places that they work. They want to make a difference in the world. They understand the urgency of actions, they, the value of activism, the need to make their voices heard uh, when they see injustice and unfairness. So to have a, a university like Lehigh, where there is very practical and hands-on interdisciplinary instructions, where there are teams there are teams that work harmoniously between faculty, staff, and students. There are these amazing relationships. Not offering a master's degree in sustainable development practice is a lost opportunity. Well, I appreciate you using this platform to make your plea, and I'll try to do my part and make sure that we get some faculty members to listen and uh, and to uh, and to weigh in and, and to react to your request. As you know, that's above my pay grade. I can't create uh, degree oh, programs, but uh, <laughs> but I can try to make sure that that uh, that the request gets in the right hands. So so thank you for expanding on that, both what Lehigh can do and what uh, our individual students can do. Go-Getters is honored to highlight Lehigh women who are making an impact during Soaring Together, a celebration of 50 years of co-education. Soaring Together includes events, projects, and programs like this podcast, led by students, faculty, and staff from all areas of the university. The celebration shines a light on women's accomplishments and the strength and pride they bring to our community and our world. To hear their stories and join the celebration, visit lehigh.edu slash soaringtogether. The UN uh, has been in the news lately, currently, uh, as uh, um, with, with the climate talks that are happening currently in Glasgow, the COP26. Are you directly involved or were you involved in that? Are you keeping an eye on it? Will it affect your work when the conference is over? How does that come together? I know climate is one, sustainability is bigger than just climate, but I imagine that you're watching what's happening there uh, carefully. Yes, of course. I'm not directly involved in uh, in the in the climate process, but uh, of course, it, it is part of our work because one of the SDGs is SDG 13 when it comes to climate change. Yes, and the uh, Glasgow the Glasgow conversation is specific to climate, so it is it is exactly. related to the SDGs directly, but not uh, fully encompassed. The SDGs are much broader than than just climate. Exactly. Yeah. So. 
it's it's an encompassing uh, an, an encompassing process of of implementing goals. But so I'm not directly involved, but I'm do directly involved because. Again, whatever is decided in Glassboro that I know is going to impact how the success of the SDGs, to tell you the truth. This mm-hmm. is my personal opinion, and I have to say that. I'm not speaking on behalf of the United Nations at this point. I'm speaking on, uh, on my own opinion, on my own analysis. If we, with treating cl- climate change, as an existential threat, yeah. um, and how unsustainable consumption and production patterns need to radically change. UNDP just released a very interesting video uh, that is called Don't Choose Extinction. You can really access and your audience can access that through YouTube. And it indicates there that the world spends a huge amount, $423 billion annually to subsidize fossil fuels for consumers. Oil, electricity that is generated by burning uh, other fossil fuels, gas and coal. This is four times the amount being called for to help poor countries tackle the climate climate crisis. And that's going to be one sticky point in COP26 mm-hmm. uh, that that just begun and it's going to spend two weeks in analyzing that. Yeah. So uh, I do think that we all, whether we work for the United Nations, whether we are a podcast uh, host, a student at Lehigh, or just an individual concerned with the future of the only planet that you're living right now, need to learn a little bit about climate change. And we need to learn how to contribute to tackle that. It is a crisis that will have catastrophic uh, consequences if we don't take the necessary actions right now. Well said. And it has to be ambitious, and it has to be transformative. And again... You're a government, you're a company, you're an individual, you're an academic institution, you're a father, you're a mother, you're a a cousin, a brother and sister. There are things that you can do. The SDGs are not these theoretical goals that are in the corridors of the United Nations. No, those are practical ways that you can contribute to have a country that is going to be livable for you for and for future generations and we owe it to them. in other words my generation the the scenes of past generations should not determine the prosperity the level of prosperity for present and future generations we have a responsibility and we need to deliver that responsibility well said um I'd like to shift gears um, a little bit. I, I know that you have been very involved in a foundation that empowers young women. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the organization and how you've connected it with Lehigh? In 2017, I took leave from my duties at the UN and reconnected to the work of Fundación Monje, which I knew from some years back when just by chance I bump into the representatives at the UN. This organization 
uh, that has a program that is called Soy Cambio, roughly translated into I am the change, that helps young women and men between the ages of 14, 15 to 19 years old in Costa Rica and in other countries in Central America that are in vulnerable situations to drop out of a school. And so the organization helped them to reach their full potential and visualize a better future for themselves and even their families, beginning with getting their high school diploma, with finishing high school. They also helped them uh, to gain the soft skills they would need to enter the workforce successfully to be considered by private sector companies and other organizations when they are recruiting young personnel. So based on one of my ideas shared with a former director at Fundacion Monkey, the organization incorporated a virtual reality component in its programs. They receive a grant from the Inter-American Development Bank to develop a computer game, which they call Giconia, that teaches soft skills like critical thinking, teamwork, communication, problem solving, judgment and decision making. These skills are highly sought after by companies in Costa Rica and other organizations when recruiting young employees. But usually those skills are not taught at high school. And sometimes these young women and men in vulnerable situations don't have access to this kind of training. So the foundation is very keen in offering that to these young minds. And, and based on another idea that I share with the foundation some years back as well, a program named Roboticas was created that trained a, young, a group of young women in robotics in the basics of robotics, to participate in a world competition that was taking place in Costa Rica. So some of the girls that participated in that program later attended the, the, the celebration of the UN International Day for Women and Girls in Science that took place at the UN in New York. It was fantastic to see those girls, uh, that some of them have never traveled before, coming to New York in the winter and here in participating in such a wonderful uh, meeting. And, and just to see them coming into the UN building uh, was, was uh, very rewarding, to tell you the truth. During the pandemic, for example, Fundacion Monge continued to support young women and men and rapidly adapted the content of their programs to reach the students virtually because they couldn't meet with them in person. So that was a great accomplishment from their part. Again, I only gave the foundation some ideas, but they have exceeded in expanding those ideas into meaningful and impactful support. So how I connected to Lehigh, I, I think we need to do that uh, stronger, in a stronger terms, to connect whatever the Fundacion Monge is doing with the students that go to Costa Rica uh, in, in, in the program that Lehigh has in, in my country and see how in the future 
we can connect both programs and 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 enrich the the understanding of these young minds as well from Lehigh and from the Fundacion. Earlier, you mentioned the Sustainable Development Program at Lehigh, and you've been very involved with our Department of Earth and Environment. You've been very involved with our Department of Earth and Environmental Science, and and you've helped make connections for our students in Costa Rica. You've also opened some doors for Lehigh's UN partnership with Bill Hunter. Could you talk a little bit about some of the connections that you've helped to make and the the joy and satisfaction that they bring to you? (laughs) Yes, Joe, look, I... I never thought that I was going to have this long-lasting relationship with Lehigh, to tell you the truth. But I did. And, I, I, you know, my memory fails me how it all began. But, again, it began with the, with the chance of talking to somebody. So I have great admiration for the faculty at Lehigh. It's, it's amazing staff members and faculty members at Lehigh who, who have taken ideas Yes, and expand them and grow them to be these these very impactful programs. And so one of them, again, has been with Professor Morris. Morris was taking a group of students to Costa Rica for I don't know how many years. So you have to, uh, to say 20, but maybe it's less than that, but maybe it's more. So, and that began with a conversation. And what began when I was in the mission of Costa Rica to the United Nations. So... It, it's, as I said, is what a colleague of mine said once, is uh, the thousand flowers blooming out of one idea. So when presented with the opportunity to, to let's say, address Lehigh students or assist them in finding internship opportunities at the UN, I have been delighted to do so. So I have been honored to give lectures, uh, um, to Lehigh students, uh, to coordinate meetings with UN officials, to host conversation with conversations with key UN players, and even to bring UN uh, officials to campus. And all of that has expanded also my understanding of what the, the Lehigh wants to go and the priorities that they have, and also uh, helping the students to understand what the UN does and not to fear this big building in New York and these big organizations of thousands of staff members in New York and thousands around the world, but to really bring closer home, closer to your life, what the values and principles of the United Nations are. And Joe, at the end of the day, I think it is is about how you see your purpose and legacy. Uh, uh, in my case, I still think that our time in this earth is temporary and that I refuse to live this life without making every effort, personally and professionally, to help others in any way I can. Thank you. It, that is... Um... Much appreciated and, and very thoughtful. I want to, well, I have two two more questions. I'll, I'll, I'll start <laughs> with one more and then I'll ask you my, my final question. As it relates to legacy and purpose, you alluded to it earlier, but let me ask you very specifically, what would you say or what would you like to say to the Lehigh students of today as it relates to sustainability, legacy, and purpose? 
uh, find your own voice and don't be afraid to to make it loud and louder. Uh, find sustainability is is here to stay. There is no way that we are going to ignore it. Ignore it. Ignoring sustainability practice, personally, professionally, or or in the way you want the future to look like for you and for others in this planet, we need to take the actions and the decisions that are required for us to have a better world than we are right now. How would you see 2030 coming? How would you see 2050 coming? I know it's very difficult to imagine the future, but what are the elements that you would like to see in that future? And then say to yourself, I, as an individual, have the power to make my own choices if I can. There are some people that may not. But if you have the chance to choose, choose sustainability. Choose wisely. Make your voice heard on what you think will be good for you and for the planet and for people, for prosperity. Thank you. I, I will say that we chose wisely in having you as a guest on our podcast. You are certainly a go-getter, <laughs> and our friends in the Office of International Affairs chose wisely as featuring you as an international woman of impact. Uh, Patricia, this has been a real pleasure for for me. Your your passion uh, comes through. Uh, our Zoom call that we're on together, we're not in the same physical location, but uh, this has been a real joy for me. I do have one final question that I like to ask our guest. It's not uh, original. I don't take ownership of the question. I just find it to be interesting, uh, and I, I, we get a variety of answers. And the question is very simple. Um, is there anything that you know for sure? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's an interesting question. And thank you for your for your kind words before, Joe. I know for sure, um, again, I cannot emphasize this enough. I know for sure that I have the power to change, to reinvent myself, to influence others to reinvent themselves. And I do have the power sometimes to to get up when I fail. A mistake, I heard this, and I think I have also included in my life, a mistake is not a mistake, or a failure is not a failure. It's a learning experience. And so I'm sure that we as individuals and we as society and humanity, we can do better. And so let's do that. Let's, let's not get discouraged or distracted. Let's do better. Let's do better. Again, let's not get discouraged and distracted. There is optimism in the air. Pick it up and make it viral. Well said. Uh, I, I will, again, point our audience to our Inside the Episode link for a lot of additional information. What they won't find there is my plea I know how important tourism is to Costa Rica, and I, I want, you know, you know what a bucket list is. I want all of our listeners to add a visit to Costa Rica to their bucket list. It is, uh, it is a magical place. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Pure, and I pura Vida. Hope, pura Vida. 
Pura Vida, claro. And I hope to go to campus soon. The, I hope so. The pandemic, the pandemic has delayed my plans, but I, I intend to go to campus soon. Soon enough, I look forward to seeing you here. Thank you, Joe. Patricia, thank you very much. This has been Go-Getters, a podcast from Lehigh University hosted by Joe Buck, Vice President for Development and Alumni Relations. I'm Cheryl Matherly, Vice President and Vice Provost for International Affairs. We are grateful for Patricia Chavez's support for Lehigh's international education programs. We are proud to honor Patricia as a woman with global impact, part of the Soaring Together celebration of 50 years of co-education at Lehigh. This podcast is distributed during International Education Week, sponsored by the U.S. Department of State and Department of Education to recognize the importance of international education for U.S. colleges and universities. Special thanks to producer Janet Norwood, media production specialist Jarrett Brown, and the Lehigh University Office of Development and Alumni Relations. Go inside the episode at lehigh.edu slash go-getters to learn more about Patricia's work at the United Nations and the Sustainable Development Goals. Learn more about Lehigh's UN partnership and NGO status at global.lehigh.edu slash UN hyphen partnership. Don't forget to subscribe to Go-Getters on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or your podcast app of choice, and take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so other listeners can find us. 